0: Welcome, everybody, to After Buzz TV, our first after show ever for the new Showtime series, Penny Dreadful. I'm so excited for (laughs) this amazing show. I'm your host, Marissa Serafini, and with me I have tonight... Hi, I'm Roxy Stryer, and I'm so excited! Oh my goodness, this show was so good. What were your first
1: overall thoughts? I walked out and I was like, ooh, like spooky, right. you know? Turn the uh, lights back on. Absolutely. I, I'm really excited. Um, those final moments, which we will get to, uh, lingered with me. It was amazing. I thought they did such an incredible job and everything looked out of this universe. Like, so spot on. Fantastic, I know. right? Uh, I thought my thing, I loved, I already
0: loved the show, just watching the trailers and knowing the cast members who, and we'll get into that, uh, just knowing how big of production the show is, and then watching the first episode, I'm
1: like, mine blown. I know. I was, it was so well done. Absolutely, and to be honest, I was kind of nervous because we've known that we were going to cover the show here for the last couple months and yeah. every day that we see each other we're like giving a countdown till penny dreadful <laughs> so i'm like oh what if this isn't as good as i think it's going to be you know it's getting a lot of comparisons there's so i'm seeing it everywhere everyone's been talking about it and i was like oh you know what if i'm not that into it the first episode so when i watched it i was so so happy that it, mm-hmm. it exceeded my expectations it was so unbelievably creepy and amazing and i'm I can't wait to find out what these characters are really going to do because they each have their own story right now. And I'm just like, who do I follow? What's going on? It's all, it's
0: so it's, I was literally sucked in. And we'll get into that. Uh, the, when I'm like, oh my, just how they started with the very first scene. We see this woman and she's sleeping and it's this dark, creepy atmosphere. And she hears this noise, goes down the wooden, creaky hallways. And I was like, you know... From horror stories, you don't go down a creepy hallway. Like, what are you he, doing? He's like, don't go through that door. <laughs> and here she ends up in the bathroom. But then something takes her, like sucks her from the wall, whatever, breaks through the wall. What I do you know. think that is?
1: Well, okay, I'm going to be honest with you. I When I first went to watch this it was because Showtime's doing this promotion where you can watch it online um, yes. and you don't have to have Showtime right now. So I went to watch it the other night and it was like 2 a.m. and I was trying to go to sleep and I put it on and I got through that first scene and that first scene alone and I was like, I can't do this tonight. I'm watching a different day. Because like, I don't know what that is, but it seems like hell. Like whatever, it, some, some sort of alternate land. I mean, they, we talked tonight about this place that is... Uh, a middle ground somewhere, mm-hmm. you know. Um, I forget exactly what they call it, like halfway between, uh, a, a half-world between what we know and what we, what we fear. Something, the sucking is going to that land somehow, wherever, however that is. And usually
0: things that we fear are something, our nightmares come, usually dwell in shadows and darkness because it's that fear of not knowing what's out there. In the darkness, so I think they're gonna definitely play off of suspense and whatnot, which is known for the Victorian England era because this whole Showtime series is based off of, of course, Dracula, Frankenstein, Picture of Dorian Gray. They all of those came out in the 1890s, right? Well, the Frankenstein actually came out earlier, 1800s to 1818. Yeah. But they're known to come out in the Victorian England era.
1: I think it's crazy that we are now taking stories from there. You know, ha- it's with all the technology today and all the, the writers and all of the horror films that come out. The fact that these are still the best and the most original stories and we're still using them. Hundreds of years later, it's crazy. Yeah,
0: it's iconic too, and especially over the years, we've seen so many different variations. How people have gone off book and off canon with these stories, and I love how Penny Dreadful is bringing it back to the way that when people first read them in the Penny Dreadfuls. Right. This isn't it in twenty fourteen originally. How I'm sure there was the writers have envisioned how scary they should be.
1: Yeah, absolutely. They've done an amazing job. I feel like really sticking to the truth of these stories and the writers, exactly. or at least in the first episode, you know. We haven't seen what's to come, but so far I feel like they're really doing a great job developing these characters the way that they were supposed to be developed.
0: Yeah, and already we get sucked in with this woman mysteriously disappearing, and then we go into the intro, which I just want to quickly talk about the intro a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, we see—I love how they shoot it and how they filmed all of it and edited it because we see the like all these— Instruments, uh, religious instruments like rosary and crucifix, and then alongside with scorpions
1: and, and spiders, spiders the uses of spiders,
0: snakes and frogs—all these animals that usually have a negative evil connotations to them. Mm -hmm. But juxtaposed along these religious items, I thought was interesting how they played in the dichotomy of good and evil with each other. Absolutely. Sets the tone of how the show
1: is going to be. Yeah, and then, like you're saying, they usually have this evil connotation, but they also, some of them do have a religious connotation when you're talking about a snake, you know, things like that. They go back all the way. um, And it it just does a really good job setting the tone of this series, which Showtime typically does, you know. Um, I really like how networks more so are moving towards this where you kind of get a minute to be set up for the show and get yourself into that because we have such crazy busy lives before you put on the tv what are you doing you're doing a million different things and then you sit down and all of a sudden like there's so much action going no i want to sit down and i want to see something and then i need like a minute to just get in the vibe and this really sets the tone for the night's episode
0: i agree and it also helps it, I think this show, this particular one, is going to show the audience maybe a different side of evil things. Uh, because the intro showed maybe they kind of glorified um, some evil things in a way. They made it beauty, beautiful, and slowed it down for us to like really enjoy the overall aspect of it. And I think Showtime's going to have us think different ways and. Things that we believe is one way, but gonna have us see it a different way.
1: Yeah, and also on top of that, the scariest things are the unknown. You know, so exactly. it, it's not, yes, the spiders are scary and things like that. Yes, that's scary, but that's something I can put a name to. I know what it is, so it's not as horrifying to me as the, the creature. You know, we're, we're seeing things that I don't know what on earth it is. Mm-hmm. I don't, I have no idea. So that's horrifying because I can't even put a label on it. We're, we're seeing things that. The best, the best experts. I don't know what it is, which is why we don't know what they're capable of. We don't know what world they're being sucked into. We don't know what this thing on the table is. You know, mm-hmm. which is why this is. I have a feeling going to be quite a horrifying show. Right. Horrifying, but
0: brilliant. Oh yeah! Also, so I want to start to get into the characters because after the intro, we see this woman who is Vanessa Ives, played by the amazing You're Eva obsessed. Green. I'm obsessed
1: with her. I know. She's freaking brilliant. Eva yeah, Green. she is amazing. I mean, it's great to see her on the show. She she killed it tonight. Yeah, it's the, great the to see a lot I of see, these
0: actors. I know the moment I knew Eva Green was a attached to this project a long time ago i was like i gotta do penny Dirtful. i know i know
1: you've wanted it for so long and i just have to brag about you for a little bit because <laughs> you have been doing your research on this show like <laughs> yeah. you're reading everything you've gone back like wh- okay tell us a little bit what have you been going to do
0: okay so knowing the show was coming up i read picture door gray I sped read Frankenstein. I'm planning on reading Dracula again, even though I'm more familiar with Dracula, so that's why I kind of put Dracula off, but mm-hmm. I'm going to read that again. And also, World Worlds. Okay. Too, which are all very well known Penny Dreadfuls, which is also the show is what is based off. Of. Right. So, so
1: we have two of us here tonight. We're actually a panel of four, though. Sure. But of our four, we all have our different things, but you are a resident. Know, like You know everything. You're our, I you're love our bank reading of books. knowledge. Yeah. That's my thing. And, and thank goodness for people like you. <laughs> so you can inform me when we're watching. You're like, ooh, you want to know something cool about this? I can tell you. I'm like, yeah, I well, do, Martha. Thank you. I find
0: it fascinating, and I hope everyone else finds it fascinating. Oh my God, the cheer. most,
1: of course. I mean, that's what we do. I here. was in
0: a library while I was reading, uh, watching, and reading the first. Uh, episode of this and mm. then so when i saw the spiders on screen it took every fiber of my being not, not to freak screen. out I in know. a public silent place so all right i digress a little bit we'll get back <laughs> into this episode um so we we meet vanessa eyes and she's praying in latin she's playing the the hail mary mm-hmm. and then we see this creepy spider coming out but of just the one crucif- just one this time coming out of the crucifix. Why do you think she's praying so fervently this
1: time? I don't know. It was really interesting to me. I don't know what part religion is going to play in all of this because it, it seems like the way you set up a first episode is very important to the rest of the season and the series. Mm-hmm. So I have to think that religion is going to play something huge. We also learn later on that this character has a lot of guilt. Uh, I don't know what this guilt is. She feels guilty. She feels like this is her fault. I don't know why. We haven't gotten there yet. But I have to believe that that has to do with something with why she's praying so often. Um, but I don't know what she could have done. And also, while she's praying, we hear this. I don't know if
0: you watched it with the subtitles on. But we hear this low voice saying, soon, child, soon. And I'm hungry.
1: No, I didn't. What do you think that is? Wait. I didn't even notice that. So oh,
0: I highly suggest go back and we watched this episode with the closed captioning on. And there, there's the line, Soon, child, soon, and I'm hungry.
1: In a very, very creepy way. Is it supposed to be coming from the spider or from, like, the, the
0: atmosphere? Atmosphere, something. I think maybe whoever she's praying
1: to might be after her in some way. Well, I don't know. I mean, when we when we're talking about this woman who was getting sucked out of the window, we don't really have context for that because we don't know when or who that is or what's going on there. Yeah. Is, is uh, Vanessa the little girl? And so it was her parent being sucked away? Is that why she's so invested other than the fact that obviously um, we, we see that she has some stakes in this daughter that's been invested? I don't know what her exact relationship is or how invested she is, mm-hmm. um, but – I don't I don't know. It seems to me, like you were mentioning before, it really is going to have us question what is evil because if she's done such bad things before, but right now we look at her as the protagonist, is, is she partially evil as well?
0: She's a very enigmatic creature or right. person, and we don't really know if she's good or if she's
1: evil, yeah, she, I think she's kind of in between. So, I don't know, this, this soon child, maybe it has to do with now we have the girl coming back and we see her for a second before she sucked out again, or I don't... Yeah. Something's coming soon. We'll
0: see. And then we also meet... Ethan Chandler, who was an American sharpshooter, we see Vanessa at this American festival outside, and Ethan showing off his shooting skills. Right, and telling and th- stories. And telling stories about when he was growing up, he did all this, and, um, and but Vanessa's smart woman that she is, she knows that he's probably lying. Full of crap. But intrigued with... His shooting skills, and they. She meets him at this one pub, yeah. I guess, and then I loved their first interaction. I mean, I don't know. Have you ever seen the movie Casino Royale, also Mm -mm. starring Eva Green? The how? Okay, how Vanessa um sizes up Ethan and saying your your hand is trembling and you're a drinker and you did all this like just. In a Sherlockian way, just reading him and knowing, like, the truth of all of him, it really reminded me of her character, Vesper Lind, and how she really? sizes up James Bond. It's just so, like, on point, the same beats. It was brilliant. What do you think... Of their reaction.
1: Well, together. I love seeing kick-ass yeah. women on TV. Love and it. so uh, that's something that I always am drawn to. Um, and especially because of the fact that this is taking place in 1891, I enjoy it even more. You know what I mean? She- seeing somebody back then who really knows how to put a man in his place, it's cool as hell, you know? Especially during that time because yeah.
0: men were still kind of above yeah, the women. Yeah, exactly.
1: That's why I think it's even more heroic and... And awesome to watch. Um, so I thought it was cool. I loved that she didn't give her name. He says, Do you have yeah. a name? She says, Yeah. Yes. Like and walks away. I, I love that. I always anytime somebody says that to me, Do you have a name? I always want to say that because why not just say what is your name? You know, mm-hmm. and then and then she would respond. But do you have a name? Yeah, like so so smug and awesome. But you um, also
0: have to keep it elusive and mysterious because yeah. if he would, wa- if Ethan wasn't interested, he'd be like, yeah, whatever, I don't care about this woman. But she was so intriguing and got his attention.
1: Did you see any potential romance sparks in that first interaction? No, you don't I think didn't. So?
0: No, because I think Ethan, he's somewhat of a player in a little way. I I seem like he's the kind of guy who well, yeah, we we, we, him, saw, we uh, saw him just sleep with this one girl or outside
1: like, railing her a, against a the, quickie. Yeah. So he
0: doesn't he's the kind of person who like uses women for just pleasure. Absolutely. So, I don't see a relationship going. I don't
1: on. know. I could see something potentially happening. Maybe it's just because they're both so incredibly attractive that I wanted something to happen or mysterious. <laughs> um, also Welcome back, Josh Hartnett. Welcome back.
0: Um, yeah, I mean, it's great to see Josh Hartnett uh, back on the screen. He was awesome. He's he- done a lot of great independent films in between. No, absolutely.
1: I, I just mean, like, welcome back to my life all the time now. I'm <laughs> and ju- the, I'm just excited about it that every yeah. week he will show up on my television because I'm pretty sure circa age 13 he was on my bedroom
0: wall. <laughs> you and him. every other... Teenage yep. girl in this country, oh, yeah. and also Tiana Hobson, our other co-host, who will be joining us next week. She's a big Josh Hartnett fan too, yeah. so I know the reason why she's on board with this show. <laughs> but and okay, so Vanessa asks. Ethan for this night work because of his sharpshooting
1: skills. Yeah, really mysterious the way that she's saying, Would it matter? You know? Would it matter? he's saying, Do I have, is this murder? Would it matter? And it's nope. giving us a lot of information on a couple of things. Number one, on each of their characters. And number two, on how she is able to read people. To me, there's something almost supernatural about her. She has this. This energy, this force, and I don't really know what it is. We see it later on, which we'll talk about when she stares down one of the creatures. But yeah. there's something about her that is so strong. I don't know if it's possible that she's a hundred percent human with no powers because she's just so she gives off that vibe, you know. Like, yeah. Okay. So he
0: go. He agrees to this night work. They yeah. and they meet up with Sir Malcolm Murray who is an explorer. Mm -hmm. And what did you think of Malcolm Murray, of his character?
1: I'm skeptical of him a little bit because we keep – I I like him a lot, but I'm nervous about him and what he's willing to do. Um, He, at his core, is a morning man, you know? he So – when when you are like that and you feel your back's against the wall and you have one mission and one mission alone, I think you're willing to take down anybody and everybody to get there, which means that he feels as if he has nothing to lose, which means that I'm nervous about everybody around him, you know?
0: It's it's funny that, like, you think that he has nothing to lose because he did lose something. Right. Someone very important to him, Mina. Yeah. And if you, if you know the Dracula story, Mina Murray... Is the main woman protagonist in the Dracula story?
1: Wow, wow! So, okay, yeah. if if I am following along, then what does that mean? Do, are we gonna see her as? What are you thinking? And
0: well, not to jump too too far ahead, but we do see the scene where we know that Murray's daughter was taken. Yeah, and then we see him in his bedroom, and she appears. And She appears soaking but, wet and scary. And then we do that quick flash, lightning. And thunder, the window. And she's a
1: vampire
0: now. She looks like a vampire.
1: Something like that. I mean, I'm just telling these people they should stop building houses with windows because <laughs> something's weird with all the windows. And no.
0: creaky wood, wooden and, floors. Exactly.
1: No hallways, yeah. no windows, no floors. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know exactly what she is. She looked possessed, to say the least. Um, so okay. I... I, I... Vampire, very possible, but definitely... Um, with the eyes, the fit, the flash, whatever it is. We're- it was so
0: fast that we can't really tell right, right. away now. But
1: we know that she's been changed. Yes. And she is not the little girl that he wants Do
0: now. we think she is still alive or she's just a figment of his imagination right To now?
1: me, it felt like she was portraying two different characters right there. So I feel like maybe there's something inside her, like a demon inside her or something taking over her body part of the time. Okay. So I think she is still there, but I think there's something else inhabiting her. Um, that's just what it seemed like because for the first second that she's there, we see she is scared and like upset, but she didn't look... Supernatural, and then there's a switch, and yeah. then there's the window, and she's gone you know, so I, I don't know i'm I'm thinking that there's some dual personality thing going on
0: and also to to keep going on the Malcolm Vanessa track that after that happens, Malcolm goes to is Sir Murray goes to Vanessa, and then they have this discussion that uh, they they kind of feel guilt, and it seems like they believe it was their fault
1: well. I understand a father believing it was his fault. You know, he's sitting there and he he was like, yes, this is my fault, whatever it is. But I don't understand where she's coming from. Like, what what happened that was her fault? You know?
0: Yeah, and... I know, don't know the answer. I, I think that Mina and Vanessa were friends at one point. And then Vanessa somehow... It seems like Malcolm and Vanessa somehow, they have this... Um, connection, this already established relationship. And then we have Mina, and they were involved in some
1: way. And somehow so, you feel well, like what she could have saved a, her?
0: Yeah, in a, in a way. So we don't know exactly what happened for them to feel this guilty. Because after that, we also see Vanessa, she's praying again, more fervently this time, and playing the Our Father, the Lord's Prayer in Lion. And then this time, the crucifix is actually turned upside down which is known for that's an anti catholic anti religious symbol oh, okay. and an inverted cross that's anti religious and then we see a swarm
1: of spiders coming out yeah, so talk it's about even worse
0: this time yeah
1: i just feel like somebody who is incessantly praying like that and going and always be You got to have a lot of guilt. You must have done something. It's not just the way that she feels. You know, it's not how any time we lose somebody, everybody thinks like, "Could I have done something different?" I think it's more than that. I think she actively did something to that made this happen. You know, I think she has regrets. I think she has concrete regrets, not just abstract like. What could I have done? Is this my fault? I feel like she act she. There were actions that took place on her part that she regrets, and she goes and she prays and she, yeah, and asks for forgiveness.
0: And also, it's starting to affect affect Malcolm this time because we see he's this very strong headed man, mm-hmm. and he seems like he has everything really well put together. But then after the appearance of Mina, he kind of. Um, gets a little bit vulnerable. We see a little bit of vulnerability in him when he's saying this story about this lion. And, but that's, you know, just a metaphor for his life that he soon realizes he's the one that he started off as a hunter, but now he's becoming the prey. Right. Something yeah. is
1: after him. Absolutely. And I'm very curious, number one, about their relationship, like how, how they are connected. Was it his daughter's friend or what? They seem to have, be bonded over this mission. So how did they get to that point? Um, and also just like you're saying, I mean, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I, I'm just really curious about a lot of things with him. And, and w- when he's talking and saying that he's the prey, well, why would somebody want to hurt you? Why, why is somebody hunting you down? You know, and, and how Unless did that switch? Unless he something wrong. Unless you did something wrong, which is why, again, as I say, I'm skeptical about him.
0: Yes. I mean, both of them are... Vanessa and Malcolm—they're very interesting characters.
1: And yeah, uh, already,
0: and we're just in the first episode. Yeah, absolutely. I can't wait to see where their characters are planning on going in the next seven episodes that we have of this amazing series. Already, I'm so excited
1: because right now we're thinking that this is team good guys. You know, we're thinking that we—they're our protagonists. Yeah, exactly. But I'm not so sure. Maybe not.
0: I I can't cannot wait until how their stories unfold. Mm-hmm. But going back a little bit, we're going to uh, so Vanessa, Malcolm, and Ethan they all meet up at this one dark cool. night diner place. Whatever, one some of those shady place where you
1: have to knock and the yes. person opens. And shady eyes, place.
0: Yeah. We'll just say shady place. And they go downstairs in the basement right and they meet up with three people who are just standing here who actually it turns out to be this shootout with vampires
1: yeah i mean i don't really i'm curious what's going on here you know they're they're standing there to protect something you know to to be the gatekeepers and um, if if we thought that it was going to come down to shoot, they're speaking to each other in a different language. I don't know what's going I don't know what's being said. I'm definitely yeah. going to search the internet this week to try to figure out if anybody knows what's being exchanged here at this point. Um, but something goes wrong and everybody starts shooting. Shooting. Um, and and it, Ethan, being that sharpshooter that he is, yeah. just keeps shooting up the place. And that crazy moment where we see that person that we think is or the vampire that we think is dead, bend over backwards and like his whole body curls and up. and like Kind of still, like an exorcist yeah, kind of way. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm not even certain right now what we have. Like putting labels on these. Yes, we can say vampire, vampires.
0: Vampires you know. are some creature of the night that's These creatures of the night,
1: right. Um, And again, going back to the being the ravishing. most scary, because these are unfamiliar creatures that I can't exactly title, they're creepy because I don't know what they're capable of.
0: And I thought that was interesting how when they were shooting them, from all the vampires shows movies that we've seen in the past century I will say cuz we've heart. been alive in the past century mm-hmm. we see stakes through the heart and we see them use a lot of different weapons but when we see normally when we see vampires die or get vanquished they turn into dust but these vampires their bodies are still there yeah
1: so, so, maybe so that's are they not true what they are. are they true vampires yeah i don't i don't know um and what distinguishes these things from the creature that we later on see? You know, what are I, I need to figure out? What are all the different people slash creatures? What are all the different categories? You know, what are we seeing here?
0: And also, we saw three of them, but they were just standing there before we they met them. Three main people it made me think that like they knew them in a way, right? And are they associated with them? Have they done business? They seem are they, familiar with them. Yeah, very familiar. Are are there more? People like that. these
1: vampirish. Oh, creatures there's got to there be. Like there's there. no way there's, those are the only three, and then they're dead, and we'll never see them again. There's got to be more, you know. Yeah,
0: because they're questioning because they they think this type of creature stole uh, kidnapped Mina a long time ago, and they believe there's at least one more out there. But I think there are more.
1: Yeah, I, way think, more they, I there. think there's definitely more, um, and I think that it's going to be kind of a hunt to chase them down. And as every time you find one, you find out there's another one because. Yeah, you're finding the wrong one you're looking for the specific so
0: yeah and then so we have the body of the vampire that still remains and then we get introduced to victor frankenstein a young dashing young man what do we think of their portrayal of frankenstein
1: i thought this was the coolest part of the episode so far um i think he is so intriguing same hair. His, his, it doesn't hurt that he's gorgeous, no, of course. No, it doesn't, of course. Um, no. but his morals and his rationale on life, um, especially when we end up seeing him in the scene where he's sitting and talking about all that matters to him, yeah. is the difference oh and what separates, and the tissue that separates life and death. I love when shows set that up for us. They give us somebody's concrete statement on what they believe in life, you know? Like, now I know about that character and what he fights for. Mm-hmm. It's the same way that I now know that Murray's fighting for, uh, it will murder the whole world to get his daughter back. He has a goal. He has an objective. Now we know Frankenstein's, which is to figure out the difference and the tissue involved between life and death and what that line is. And what separates what them. what separates them exactly I, I there's nothing better there's how how well the show is written you can tell because there's nothing better than when the first very first episode we are given everybody's objective yeah because now I'm on I'm like okay I can be on your team because I, I get what you're fighting for and I'm there with you, which yeah. is awesome. Um, I Played loved by him. by
0: Harry Treadway.
1: Right. He did an amazing great job. Great job.
0: I haven't really seen any of his work, but I'm already fascinated with him and it makes me want to go back and see like all of his other projects. Right. I love the way that he's portraying Frankenstein and just, I mean, not Frankenstein, Victor, um, because his viewpoints on other people because we see, like you said, the way he thinks and what he believes is true and why he does his study and research on science. Mm-hmm. But his attitude and somewhat arrogance against the other people that he's working with, like and he was naming them up, this person who studies this and this person yeah. who studies that, they're nothing, they're meaningless. And mm-hmm. there's nothing that he can touch and what he wants to plant his flag on. So just his viewpoint and how he views other people is interesting and I think makes me might get into predictions, Terry, that he's going to be butting heads a Absolutely. lot with the, with people, just his strong viewpoints on. Absolutely.
1: Life. His hesitance, uh, his hesitancy to work with the team that we had been introduced to is what made me even the most skeptical of them because I so am on in line with him and I'm mm-hmm. like, wow, I, I really like this guy. Um, and especially when we find out, you know, he says he's told that he is poetic or whatever and he says he has the bank account to match or something you know like I like that he is our our typical he doesn't have a lot of money he fights for what he believes in he's looking for the bigger meaning in life and how this all connects um and like I said it's just somebody I can get on board with
0: I agree he's very definitely one of the most interesting people so far on the show right and we're gonna have a bunch of more new characters coming in down the road. Down the pipe.
1: Absolutely. But to be but, honest, I didn't have a character on the show that I wasn't. Interested. Like, yeah, yeah. there really wasn't somebody that I wasn't interested in learning more about, which is awesome.
0: Yeah, I think what appealed me uh, appealed to me was just how he studies things and how he goes so in depth with research, kind of like what I do, but like and also his strong viewpoints. And I mean, I admire that in a person. So but they you know and just a side note, the Explorers Club which they meet in um the the sign on the on the door mm-hmm. said Major General Robert Clive. And he was actually a well known Indian explorer who helped with the Oh my god, I'm obsessed with you right now. <laughs> who helped with the um the starting of the British India um that, that time era, which I thought was fascinating. Just how they tie it all in in just ways like that. Yeah. And,
1: and so that people like you who know their stuff can go and really appreciate the mm-hmm. little small, that's so cool.
0: Yeah. So, uh, so we, Victor goes and looks at the exoskeleton of this vampire that they just shot. And we see he, under the skin, some hieroglyphic
1: encrave, carvings. I'm just, Sitting here thinking, and, I've never seen anything. What, what is this? Um and then I love the moment later when they say, hey, we picked you because we're not, you're not scared to peel off the skin and look yeah. what's underneath, you yeah. know? Um, Again, um, brilliant. Marissa, what are your ideas about this? Like, what could these, uh, they mean something with, we find out with the blood. Blood the, curse. Blood curse. Something about that. So, and-
0: Okay, so hieroglyphics, when I think of hieroglyphics, I think of Egyptian, because yeah. that's what mostly people are known for them doing. They write and inscribe everything, their history, how things work in hieroglyphics, and so that's that was their way of recording mm-hmm. data. And so I think of Egyptians, and then my mind went to the mummy. Maybe we're throwing mummy characters into this crazy, amazing story already. And I was like, that'd be kind of getting out of the Victorian England, but I don't care. They can throw anyone in, and I'd still (laughs) be intrigued. I don't. I really don't care. But But
1: what? So so, what is this blood curse then? Is it like uh, curse makes me think witches? That's what I you know, mm -hmm. or or some sort of super. I think
0: it's like maybe a map to some kind of ritual that's gonna go on blood curse because it maybe the inscriptions were like directions or to something to a ritual maybe it's like it's a it's a guide you know
1: right but lynn the person that they bring them to bring it to ferdinand lynn he He is funny (laughs) he was a weird kooky character um again somebody i'm skeptical of I, i thought it was totally bizarre that he asked them to hang out socially before he would discuss business with them um, um th- it's
0: good that you mentioned that because he said that and makes me think he said that immediately after when he said blood curse and then yeah. he kept on reading you could see something on his face like he kind of knew, knew what more. was up yeah he knew more that more information that he wasn't revealing and then maybe thought who knows what Malcolm and Vanessa are getting into? I need to know these people if they're getting into something as dark as the information I know,
1: but I'm withholding from them. Absolutely. That's exactly what I was thinking. Um, when you are the translator or when you understand things that other people don't, you hold a lot of power because yeah. you can choose what to share with them and what not to and I think that he gave them just enough for them to know he's legitimate and knows what he's talking about. But there definitely was more that he wasn't sharing because he needs to know what these people are going to do with this information once they get it.
0: And also he did mention uh, the inscription, the the inscri- whatever engravings yeah. of these hieroglyphics. They're from the Book of the Dead. Yeah. Which also made me think, Mommy, because they use the Book of the
1: Dead. Yeah, creepy, creepy. Um, but we know they have more of them and— the, I mean, do we think they're all going to be the same, or do you think they're going to be different pieces of the puzzle?
0: Different pieces of the puzzle, because I think that's what makes stories more interesting. Yeah. We find things here and there that we keep in- interested in the story, because we find little bits and then put it all together near the end. Mm-hmm. So it's definitely going to be a puzzle. I agree. We're, we're going to find. But how out. many
1: of these hydroglyph- hier- hi- hieroglyph hieroglyphics? Sorry, I can't even no. hieroglyphics. Are we going to find? Before maybe we get have, to the, they have to shoot more order. vampires,
0: <laughs> I, I maybe mean, there are more vampires with more hieroglyphs they have in them. to shoot
1: them all, you know, who knows uh, yeah i i'm I'm, <laughs> with, I'm with you that I think that there has to be more hieroglyphics because if they're all different pieces of the puzzle then. But that's what makes something interesting. Yeah. They can't all be the same. But
0: also, Ferdinand said that there has nothing. There has been nothing about the Egyptians for two thousand years. So this he is said there's been nothing dated. urgent
1: about them. You yeah. know what I mean? Because they're like, we need this so quickly, and he's like, why do you need this so quickly? Yeah. Step back.
0: But if there's if there hasn't been anything about Egyptians and hieroglyphics for two thousand years, what's happening now for it to resurface? I don't
1: know. I'm not sure yet, but
0: I'm Maybe. pretty sure we're gonna find out. I'm pretty sure, and hopefully, we'll get that answer down the road. So after they they meet up with that, we I want to talk this quick scene with uh, Vanessa and Ethan and the whole tarot card reading scene.
1: Yeah, I mean, so when he decide, he goes over and and he says, "I love this. You have a light step, Miss. I love that line because I just think like." Something about she's a her. Ninja. Yeah, she's a ninja. <laughs> she can she's sneak so in on people. Um and yeah, with, with the this is again to back my maybe love interest, the lover's card is pulled.
0: Lover's card.
1: With the but with it a was scorpion. weird with the scorpion. Yeah, but and the do you lips know,
0: do you know the meaning of like scorpions, their symbolic meanings usually means protection and isolation. And if you think about it, Ethan Chandler, he seems like a very isolated man. Who who's obviously running from a dark past, which Vanessa has kind of told the audience that you're running from something, you have a past that you don't want to share with people, so he's protecting himself.
1: Yeah. Um, I I wonder why this was so important for her to do. She was like, just do this for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I, 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 there's mo- something more there. Something more. And I
0: wonder why Vanessa's doing tarot cards. I mean, tarot, tarot card reading is usually... Helps tell the past, current, and future of someone's life. Yeah. And she, how Vanessa has this ability to do that. Is she
1: some sort of a future, see, you know? A is seer she, yeah, or, or something. Psychic that, or Like I was saying before, I, I don't see her as a 100% average human. You know, there's something about her that's different.
0: Yeah. And it also makes me think that Ethan, his past life probably involved a woman that ended in heartbreak and he might be running from that
1: maybe it's about a woman um but i i don't know i think it might even be something deeper i'm I'm not sure but he's running and she's kind of doing the same we don't know what her background is yet but they both have baggage and it's, it's about to spill out that they do
0: so, uh, so I thought that was a cool scene, especially the floor and how they filmed it that we got this eagle eye version of the floor, well, yeah, which that was really cool, some cool symbol, which I have no idea, I maybe I was just looking too into him, like, what does this mean? Is it, some <laughs> what does religious, it all mean religious, I don't know, kind of symbol that maybe it's, it seemed like somewhat of an altar. Yeah. Way, if you did any kind of ritual or something.
1: But I think they definitely showed it to us for a reason. I have a feeling they've shown everything to us for a reason. So I, I don't think you're looking too much into it, but we, yeah. don't, we don't know the meaning of it yet.
0: Yeah. So I mean, we already talked about the Vanessa and Malcolm, but more into Victor. And so we see Victor go back to his, his workplace and he goes into the basement and we see this dead green looking cadaver on ice and he's trying to uh, i don't know he's putting iodine or something on the forehead and then the lights go out electricity which and is he's
1: completely stitched up cut up stitched up, up yes. looking like a, a dead person yeah, yeah.
0: And we, we know that Frankenstein, from the story, that he's obsessed with electricity, always being always using electricity in his research and science and projects and stuff. The, and he's using electricity. The power goes out, and he puts on the lamp. And then we see the quick flash when the electricity comes yep. back on, just the way the camera goes up and down. Did you notice every time he went down and then went back up, the body was turning color? Yeah. Like how it started off this dark, dark green. I know. And then we see the second time. I thought we were gonna time, see the eyes just
1: pop open. Yeah. And so, yeah,
0: Then the second time we see a human color flesh, but the body's still there. I then the third the time, same.
1: the hum- the body's gone. I know. Um, so we knew it was coming. I mean, mm-hmm. people know this story. They they know the story of and People know that that's what he's trying to get after. So I, I think that it was... Less of a shock um, that it, that he was going to come back to life, which is why I thought that it was so unbelievable the way they did it by keeping us interested, you know? Because I knew it was going to happen, but I was glued to the screen. Um, little things like what you were just saying with the color uh, and anytime something's in the dark. And then also the moment where they first see each other and we find him and he's back, his back is towards us. Mm-hmm not like a monster at all, like a lost like soul. Like a lost was human Right, like a lost... Um, I don't know yet. As story goes, it, it, does, it doesn't work out well, and he's whatever, but we get this one moment. They both have the tears and touches his face, and touches his you know, back and forth. I thought that was so incredibly beautifully. I, I couldn't even get over it. Um, And he sits and he says who he is, and just... The, It was unbelievable to me.
0: I think it was a very interesting interaction how they first technically meet. When this creature is alive, because from the story, Frankenstein, when he builds the creature and becomes alive, he's appalled by the creature right. because it's so ugly and so deformed and, terror. and all that. And he runs away. Right, And then this meeting in this show, is so, it's beautiful and poetic in a way. Like he's fascinated by this creature.
1: Absolutely. And I think the creative. are fascinated t- by each other. Yep
0: With each other. yes. Yeah. So I think this different type of interaction—that the fact that he's really in, interest, intrigued and interested, and kind of has this already love and affection for this creature—is somewhat different.
1: Absolutely, and that moment of like, I did it. You know, yeah. I, I, you're crying not because you're afraid, not because of anything, because you. This is what you have spent your life working for, and you just brought somebody back from the dead it was just gorgeous um and like you're saying poetic and and we heard that earlier in the episode that he is poetic and i think he he has a deeper darker sense of meaning and soul and we're seeing that and, and this this to me i was like that's love like i know that sounds ridiculous but yeah, it is. that's the depiction of you loving your work and that's what you did and created it was unbelievable. He
0: fell in love, and then at the end, we see him saying, "I'm Frankenstein. I'm, yeah. I'm Doctor Frankenstein. I'm Doctor Frank. Yeah." So it's really overall. This episode was amazing. Right, We're already sucked in. Is there anything else that I missed that we, that we need to talk about? I, I definitely want to talk about the writing and directing and cinematography. Yeah, no,
1: I I, I think you covered it all, Marissa, Um, except yeah, let's, let's okay. talk about some of the. Well,
0: obviously, show Penny Dreadful. They're they're known the actual Penny Dreadfuls. They're they're small periodicals, mm-hmm. weekly periodicals that were more garnered towards the middle class. Um, they are really people. They-
1: penny because they were only a penny they
0: only cost a penny but the thing in victorian london at that time that the middle class was rising and the literature and the literacy and intelligence of the middle class was also increasing and because of that a lot of people were writing about how the industrial revolution and just the social changes were exact were greatly affecting the lower class people, the poor and the impoverished, and how their lives became dreadful and barren, and like they couldn't afford anything because they were so poor, and just how the whole social class changed Mm -hmm. in a way. And these stories appeal to that. And the Penny Dreadfuls were mostly known for um, building suspense and having um many characters in a story and they tend to be long stories. Which all of them were cuz I read a few <laughs> of them
1: this week. How do these stories compare in your opinion because I know you do a lot of shows like this but one of them being once upon a time, you yes. know, where we have a lot of iconic characters. How do these characters compare to characters like that, you know, where we're taking characters that already exist in outside worlds and putting them on a show. Right. How do you feel about these ones?
0: The great thing about this show is because, I mean, yes, I also do Once Upon a Time. Once Upon a Time, those characters, they tend to be more positive, And they're from all different aspects. We have folk tales and Disney characters. Mm-hmm. And they're from all different things mixed together in right. this big melting pot of people. And then here with Penny Dreadful, we have a bunch of stories that came out in the same era, in the same time frame, in the like the 1800s. And they're all dark and gothic and intriguing in that way. So they all have share a similar common bond in that way. So it's easy Once to Once upon intertwine. a time is everything right together. And this one's, I feel uh, Penny Dreadfuls here sticks to a certain genre.
1: Right. Which uh, it makes it more can be easier to intertwine these stories. No. and. And like you're saying, yeah, melt them together.
0: Yeah, and Dracula, one, um, picture, Dorian Gray, uh, so many, so many stories. Uh, Doctor Jekyll and Hyde. You know those stories came out in like the same decade. Mm. Within ten years, all these stories came out. And also, we had like you know H. G. Wells, uh, Wild. All these big famous arth- authors come from the Victorian England era yeah. who, and also people that you also, uh, other authors that you might know Emily Brontë yeah and Charles Luttridge Dodgson aka Lewis Carroll who, <laughs> I love when who you get so if you, if you don't know Lewis Carroll he's mostly known for writing Alice in Wonderland mm-hmm. and Through the Looking-Glass gra- and also a big um poet Po- for poetry and poetics, we have Lord Tennyson, So, which I actually read a lot of Lord Tennyson when I was
1: younger. I'm so shocked that you read something. Uh, I, well, think I uh, No, well, I'm kidding, no, of course.
0: No, but I find it fascinating. So there are a lot of authors that we're aware of but may not have be aware that they came from this time era.
1: Uh, I wonder how much they're going to stick to these authors' words. I, I was trying to watch because obviously doing research on the show, knowing we're going to cover it um one of the first things you do is you IMDb it and when you yeah, do that you we know or whatever it is, you know who these people are portraying um but i noticed that they on purpose left that until the end when he says I'm Dr. Frankenstein, I'm Victor Frankenstein, I was wondering if people who aren't doing research, they just put this on, there, watching it, if they caught on to that, you know, or if all yeah. of a sudden they were like, oh, wow, you know, this is a character that I know and recognize, and, and here he is, and he's back. Um, and I'm wondering how much they're going to try to surprise us with things, and how much they're going to stick to these stories that have already been written.
0: And also, speaking of writing, the uh, John Logan, who most Academy Award winner for Gladiator and Aviator. And he's written so many stories um, in, in movies and titles and stuff. And then he got intrigued by reading Dracula and Picture of Dorian Gray. He just kept reading. And then he started writing. And then you realized the story of Penny Jeff. The show was like, hey, I'm writing a Penny Dreadful story. Might as well call the show Penny Penny Dreadful. Dreadful." Right, absolutely. so that's how... And he has written all eight episodes of this season. And he's also um, working with director Juan Antonio Bayona, Bayona, uh, who is known for mostly directing, uh, most recently, The Impossible, and also... uh, I forget the other parts. But I'm like, oh my goodness, The Impossible. I don't know if you've ever watched the show. Mm -hmm. I was like, is he going to make me cry in this show? Because it's so beautifully shot,
1: the, the series. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. Yes, there was that feeling of horror sometimes. But like we saw in the last scene tonight... It was so beautiful, and the tears on them. It wasn't trying to scare us at that moment, you know. They could have gone for the big shock factor, and it could have been a monster, and he could have attacked whatever it was. But I think it's trying to pull at our heartstrings a little bit, um, especially with the theme right now being focused on finding this girl that was taken from her father. Absolutely. Uh, I and and how how we have so many close-ups, and that we're we are seeing their face facial expressions, and we're we're getting invested in them and involved in their lives. I I the
0: production design. I mean, we'll get more into it as we talk about more after shows. There's so much that that I want to talk about that we didn't really see in tonight. But just like the atmosphere, they shoot in Dublin, Ireland. And even though the story takes place in England, I found it fascinating just how they can make sets and make it look like a real place, absolutely, from somewhere that's not where, where the real place is. Uh-uh. So, going mm-hmm. off of that, I just want to quickly, quickly talk about news and gossip. Okay, give it to us. TV news. So, for the promotion of Penny Dreadful, and I find this really, really cool. Uh, for the two week uh, from May fifth to May eighteenth, mm-hmm. which is currently right now, two thousand fourteen, they made these exclusive interactive windows in New York. And in Hollywood here, that I gotta go check this out. This seems pretty cool. So
1: let's go right now.
0: But, yeah, I mean, after the show, I'll go to Hollywood. But, um, pretty much the windows are like 30 feet windows and there's all this, this design that was filled with lasers and it can follow and track people uh, who are walking past the street and it shows like, They're shadows, but in a creepy way. Like, they're stalking people. Yeah. And then there are also, like, little peek holes in the windows. If one is brave enough to go look inside, it shows, like, little clips and exclusives from
1: Penny Dreadful or just, like, in gets people more into the world of Penny Dreadful. Have you heard anything about the results of that and if that's uh, created a lot of draw? People are liking it.
0: I mean, it's very interactive. I don't know any other show who's done Done this for promotion. And especially in such a world that used to exist i mean it's it's still technically there but times are so different People now in today's society can look back and what that world was like. And yeah. I find that fascinating. And um, so there, there's big interactive window at the 21st Street and Broadway in New York. And then also at the 7024 Hollywood Boulevard at the Roosevelt Hotel here in Hollywood. Yeah, so, so everybody
1: go check that out. I'm going to go check
0: out. it out and take some photos and maybe show it on our after show. I mean, cool. that's really cool. And then also, just a little side note, Logan, uh, John Logan, who wrote this series, is also writing the new um, James Bond the uh, 007 movie. And he's working with the director, Mendez, um, in both, and he's uh, part of Penny Dreadful as well. So he's writing the new Bond movie. And then after that, he's coming back and writing this. He's already working on season two of Penny Dreadful. Yeah,
1: and I think it's amazing when... Um You see, all the time in Hollywood, people bond together and start working together in pairs because when you have a connection and it works like this show clearly does, then you want to stay working together, which is awesome.
0: Absolutely. So, that's all my news. Let's get to predictions.
1: And now, you're after Buzz TV.
0: Okay, so a lot has already happened in tonight, but. Where do we think? I mean, we know more characters are coming down the line. We have Dorian Gray coming in, and then uh,
1: yeah, he's just so he's many people just, episodes. yeah,
0: just so many people that are have yet to be introduced to us. but where do you think Vanessa and Malcolm are going? like are they behind something for the disappearance of Mina? Is
1: she alive? Is she coming back? I do think, like I was saying before, that something's inhabiting her body, and I think it's going to be about finding her and getting it out, um, so she isn't possessed. Uh, I think that they're going to lie, cheat, and steal to do that, and mm-hmm. so we're, we're going to morally question whether we can root for them or not, uh, and at what what this one girl's life is worth. Um, but I, I, I'm again, I'm nervous about them, and I'm nervous about them teaming up as a a threesome right now. And I'm certainly nervous for Dr. Frankenstein, whether he's going to come on board with them or not. Um, Yeah, and this
0: creature. Yeah. I mean, so-called creature, but he looked like a normal human being. I don't, personally, I'm not too afraid of him unless we actually see him ravish
1: and rampage the whole city. Do you think, like, in the the stories, we're going to hear him not really be able to talk and kind of be... um, angry and rap whatever well and
0: that's the funny thing because the story of Frankenstein he actually teaches himself literature and how to read and how to speak he learns language himself he's self-educated yeah. and so I kind of maybe want to see the creature go that route like he actually becomes educated he learns to how the movies to, yeah, and yeah. learns
1: how to communicate with people yeah I, I would I would really be interested in seeing that too I I don't want to see him I mean maybe make a few mistakes here and there but I don't want to see him be this Horrible monster all of the time. Um, and at least we got that one amazing moment between the two of them. So much. So
0: good. I'm, I mean, I love this show. I hope you guys do too. This is a brand new after show. So all we are. Asking you to do is go on to iTunes, rate and comment, our brand new show. Tell us what you love, what you didn't love about the show. What you want us to talk about. mostly what you love. Give us five stars. We also have our other two co-hosts, Bobby DeMuro and Tiana Hobson. They're going to be joining us uh, on a regular basis. But Roxy, in the meantime, to talk about this amazing show, because I'm going to be talking about it every single day. Where can everyone find you? You can find me at Roxy Stryer. And you can follow me on Twitter and on Instagram at Sarah Feeney TV. I'm so excited about the show. I mean, a couple weeks ago, I did a literally a U-turn in the know, street to that. take a picture of the Penny Dreadful bill- billboard. And so that just shows how excited I am about this show. I know. So follow us all here, and we will see you next week Woo! for Penny Dreadful.